show on UDTFM. Here's Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your host, Jake Trowbridge and Dustin Lunt. Hey, welcome back to DTFF, everyone. Happy Tuesday evening if you're joining us. Uh, if not, um, you really should join us live because it's a lot more fun and exciting. Uh, you get to see our beautiful made-for-radio uh, uh, faces. Um, yeah, It's going to be great tonight. We got a great episode on tap for you. We are... A little over midway through the season, and we're saying we're going to redraft the draft for for this season. Knowing what we know now, what what changes would we make to our draft strategies uh, to to take advantage of the knowledge? It's like we're back to the future. We get, we got the uh, Gray's handbook. We're taking it back in time with us to draft the draft so that we win this championship. So that's what mm-hmm. it's all about tonight. Uh, we're do eight rounds. Uh, do a quick. We're just going to go through a little bit different than what we normally do. Uh, we'll get into that as we get closer to the draft starting. But before we get into any of that, I've got to say hi to my co-host, Jake, this evening. How are you doing, sir? Hey, I'm doing. I'm here. I'm hanging out and we're drafting. So those things are, are all wonderful. The less wonderful things, we didn't talk about this at all before we jumped on air because I wanted to make this pure. We faced off this last weekend in our home league for a second time. Second and I wasn't sure if you were going to bring this up. I was going to if you didn't. So just... I knew you would. I got to get out ahead of it. I'm like any good politician. Got to get ahead of the story before you bring it up. But we played each other in our home league this past weekend. Second time now this season. And God damn it. This guy beat me both times. Both times in this league. And here's where sweep. Really, season sweep. Here's where it really pisses me off. Okay. Here's where it is. If we played each other in literally, literally any other week throughout this season, I would have won every single time. Every other week I had a higher score than this goddamn guy, but that doesn't count. I don't get to take those points. Nope. Nope, you don't, unfortunately. Really I mean, if it makes you feel better, that's fine. But um, no. Hey, Albert, welcome to the show. Um, yeah, if that makes you feel better, Jake, yeah, I mean, you can that's curl up with your pillow and and give you good thoughts about that. But uh, it makes me feel worse. Say, two and zero oh, uh, in the season. You know what this just means, though, Jake? When we inevitably meet in the playoffs, you're going to beat me because I ha- I've won the regular season series. So that that's basically what this comes down to. So better hope that I don't face you in the playoffs because I will lose that. And that, that's just guaranteed. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. No, but it was it was fun. And like you said, we're so far into it now. People are getting very near their fantasy playoffs. And now you're actually starting to look at potential seeding, maybe mm-hmm. some desperation moves for folks who are scraping to get into the playoffs right now. So I think that's the other nice thing about this mock draft. We're going to focus on a lot of that. We're, we're only looking towards really the next uh, few weeks to close out the season. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fun. I wasn't sure if I was actually going to pull that one out, especially um, as, as this ties into our, our shot bet here uh, shortly. Um, uh, one of the players uh, in that bet, DJ Moore, uh, was a bit of a stinker uh, for my squad. I had him starting for my squad and I still managed to eke it out. I, 
didn't have the confidence uh, going into Sunday evening uh, that I, I I really didn't expect to win. I'm going to be honest. So I'm just grateful uh, that I did pull it out. I'm not going to rub it in your face too much, but just, right. just a little bit because why play fantasy football if you're not going to rub it in your opponent's face? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and I'll get ahead of this part then, too. Uh, before we even get into what we're drinking, let me just get the first drink off of the plate here. Let's talk about last week's shot bet, if you will. Talking about DJ Moore anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gave me the option. That's all I can yep. say. You even gave me the option of who did you yep. want. Yeah, it was, it was my bet for the week. So it was DJ Moore, just to remind everyone, DJ Moore versus Chris Olave in the head-to-head matchup of teams. Uh, and you took DJ Moore. Uh, DJ Moore ended up with 5.4 points and Chris Olave with a solid 16.6. So, yeah, like tripled your score, unfortunately. No big deal. No, no big, deal. big deal. This is why I shouldn't be allowed to choose things. Hopefully this week I can come back and make you choose incorrectly. But until then, Dustin, you are an amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Cheers to you. Thank you, sir. Ooh, that was nice. I got some deep Eddie uh, lemon vodka. Oh, that, that does sound good. You know what? You, you would think after uh, so many years of doing the podcast, it, it would lose its luster hearing that phrase. It uh-huh. doesn't. It, it feels good every single time. It feels great. Uh, you know, so just. Uh... I love it. All right. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, what, what are you drinking, by the way, tonight? I've, I've gone off the rails. I decided there was this little there was this little wine guy, this little can of wine guy in the fridge. But I know the missus doesn't like. Uh, not a big fan of rosé, so I decided I would drink it, and it's it's what? not bad. What are are we in like a mind meld? Because I am drinking vino as well this evening. Oh, uh, wine for the layperson. We're so fancy. Uh, I know. Look at us. Um, yeah, this is just our uh, Boda Box Cabernet. We're not fancy here at our household. But yeah, I was like, I'm going to do something different. I have a little, little, little snort of wine. We snort? That's what you call it? I need to take more classes. I need to become a sommelier or whatever it is and learn about this stuff. Uh, but you know what I don't need to learn about? That was a terrible segue. I'm going to try take two. All right. I'm going to try take, <laughs> take two. You know what you don't need to be a sommelier to appreciate? Our drunk trade of the week. There you got it. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. Flawless recovery. I just want to say that was. this one, this drunk trade comes from Reddit. Once again, thank you, Reddit. Specifically, Reddit user, that one with the boobs. I kind of hope that that's a friend's reference, but I, I can't say for sure. In any case, the trade is this. Two years ago, during the 2022 rookie draft, I traded Stefan Diggs for Chris Godwin and Hunter Renfro. We had the entire league there, and maybe 40 trades went down that day. Ooh, dang. I also got Lamar Jackson from the same manager for Aaron Rodgers and Derrick Henry like two hours later. So before we even talk about the trade, Dustin, can we show some appreciation that everybody in the league shows up for a rookie draft every year? 
Yeah, that is amazing. And the fact that like 40 trades went down that day is equally incredible. Like, wow. bravo on your league. Like, like yeah. that. Keep that crew together no matter what. That is a sacred yep. thing you got going there. Uh, it's, it's it's a very, very special thing because we, we don't see that ever. That's what it's all about, too, is is the group, uh, the group showmanship and uh, the activity there. But outside of that, outside of the good vibes, we have two actual trades here. I, I don't think that we need to really discuss the merit of Stefan Diggs for Chris Godwin and Hunter Renfro. It's just really unfortunate, really unfortunate. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about the Lamar one, though. I'm assuming, and I did not get this context, but I'm actually assuming this is a super flex dynasty league here. So you get Lamar Jackson. You said Ralst. So what do you think? Well, yeah, you you kind of cut out there, Jake. I, I missed what you said there. Um, oh, my bad. My bad. I just want to know what you think about Lamar Jackson for Aaron Rodgers and Derrick Henry, really. Yeah, I was going to say, I assumed it was like for Derrick Henry as well and not Hunter Henry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I like it. I mean, um, you, got, you got younger at quarterback. You got a uh, quarterback that gives you the dual threat of rush and throwing uh, and you got I mean yeah Henry he's still had his moments but he hasn't been as dominant as as we've seen in the past Rodgers we're assuming he's going to come back this year um, last year he played okay it's not like he was a great quarterback for you definitely not you know that top six quarterback that Lamar is for you so I like that trade absolutely I would do that any day of the week yeah, look, you bounced back. You made a bad trade to start. It happens. Maybe get a drink or two in you. You go back to the well, and you you follow up with a, a second one. That works out a little bit better for you. Let that be a lesson. No bad trade ever has to stand on its own. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, what do you say, man? What do you say we do the real thing now? Yeah, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it here. Uh, let me pull it up on our screen. And adjust so that we're much larger. Um, so, yeah, before we get going here, um, we're just going to do eight rounds. We're just assuming this is a, a standard PPR league. Is that should should is that wording right? Standard PPR? Uh, um, <laughs> I think that PPR is the new standard. So, yes, I'm going to say yeah. that that's that's correct. So, yes, it's just a quarterback, two running back, two wide receivers, a tight end two flex basically is what we're going for here. And it's again, as we stated at the outset, knowing what we know now of how this season has gone to date, how would you redraft your team based on that knowledge? So uh, pretty straightforward. We're just going to do a little quick 30 second timer, probably um, not talk about the picks themselves a whole lot while we're in the draft here, just kind of quick buzz through the draft and then we'll do some uh, analysis afterwards sound like a plan jake sounds beautiful i went ahead and randomized us now nice. so hope nobody got too comfortable in their positions that they were sitting there but let's go ahead and start this thing and away we ride so you're sitting at the five spot now i'm sitting at the nine spot that's a nice distance that was nice how that mm -hmm. randomized us i think 
It is. It is. And of course, since we don't have all real people here in our draft, um, there is just going to be, you know, the, the computer just drafting um, at ADP, which is fine, um, which will probably work out well anyway for our purposes here this evening. Oh, absolutely. I think at this stage in the game, the ADP should be accurate. But, you know, I've never actually done a mid-season mock draft. So there's a chance that there's some some weirdness to be had here. We'll just have to. Yeah, I've, I've never done it. one either. So um, so this will be interesting. It, it sure will. I can't wait to see who the last one to draft a quarterback ends up being in a, in a draft <laughs> of this thing. Although... With the current status, you know, the nice thing here is, as you're making your pick, is there's so many, I shouldn't say it's nice, but there's so many injuries, especially at the quarterback position, that I think this is going to get pretty damn interesting here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if I put my money where my mouth is. Uh, <laughs> boy, boy, I'm, uh, I hate it. I hate it here. But I don't. <laughs> I'm taking Stefan Diggs in the moment. Yeah, I think the, the so the roster construction really is mostly taken out of this. The concept is just it's going to be purely indicative of who do we believe in the most going forward. And I guess a little bit the question will still be how much do you desire those top running backs versus wide receivers, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. So. Uh, we're just about here at the end of the first round. Give a quick recap. So we had McCaffrey, Eckler, Jefferson, Kelsey, Hill, Chase, Robinson, Barkley, Diggs, Lamb, Chubb, and Andrews. Uh, tight end. Two tight ends going in the first round. Slightly surprising. Although, uh, Jack, buddy, yeah, I do like that stack of Andrews and uh, Jackson there at the turn. That's nice. We've seen our first ADP uh, mess around here. A.J. Brown was sitting there, and I did not draft him. I took Stefan Diggs. It's a fine consolation prize. But boy, let this be a lesson to me to uh, scroll down a little bit more in my ventures. So A.J. Brown is steal at that spot. I do think you're right that it's interesting two tight ends. But, you know, at the start of the season, I've been I was saying... Travis Kelsey anywhere after the three spot makes sense. I think it still makes sense for him to have gone after four. And Mark Andrews at the end of it, you know, this draft is going to tell you who is comfortable with streaming that position at this point in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was not those two folks, at least, which I, I respect. Yeah. Um, so, Jake, you're starting... Wide receiver running back. I like your start so far. As you said, you missed out on on A.J. Brown, much to your dismay, but uh, good start so far. Much to my oversight, unfortunately. But I was happy to pick up Travis Etienne to sort of bolster. Uh, what I, and I, we'll talk about this stuff again much more in depth after the draft is wrapped up. But, you know, it is hard these days to get consistency at that position. <laughs> So I'm I'm okay with anybody who will provide that. Mm-hmm. And now look at me do the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so as I sit here, my uh my team build is what it is. Again, I'm gonna have to make sure my team is actually pulled up so I know. Uh again, we have two flex spots. 
that are wide receiver or running back only. Because again, why why put tight ends into the mix more than we have to? Was my thought. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and let's be honest. I think the majority of people that do redraft, uh, they don't necessarily do a tight end premium. Uh, I, I think that's just kind of that's more of a dynasty superflex uh, setting that you'll see. Yeah, I would I would absolutely agree with that. Uh, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the guy. I scrolled down just to make sure. Yeah, this ADP is definitely not reflective of current stats. Uh, I, I went to the old search button just to make sure. I have confidence in the, in this guy, Puka Nakua, that I just took in the fourth round here as my second wide receiver. We'll have to have a more in-depth discussion about him after the fact, for sure. But, Dustin, I wanted to make sure that you were keeping your eyes peeled for the weird ADP things yep. that are Oh, no, I'm, I'm definitely uh, definitely all there. Um, I don't, I, don't I, I hate the 30 second timer. I don't I don't like being put under this kind of pressure to, to You select. suggested the 30 second timer. I know. I know I did, but you know, I make bad decisions all the time. I can't help it. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think you're right. We do need to be put uh under the microscope in a fast-paced setting just to make sure that we're we're true to our gut instincts. I think that that's what this is about at this stage in the season. All the preamble, all the over-analysis, uh, over over-analyzing, words are hard. I think that those, that's a thing of the past. We just got to be trusting our gut instincts now here. Uh, I will say a lot of quarterbacks have flown off the board in this particular setting. That's not surprising because of the auto-drafters mm-hmm. that we had. Um but it will be interesting to see how that holds up as I'm here on the clock as well. Yeah, the scrolling is, it, it's getting interesting, I got to say. So I want to make sure I don't miss my my favorites that are hanging out in the shadows. Uh, it, would, it probably would have been smart of us to have the actual two-date rankings pulled up for these players. I didn't do that. Did you do that? I did not, no. Good. What a cop-out that would have been anyways, huh? It, you know, it's more of a gut. You got to go with your gut in these sorts of situations here. I do agree with you. I tend to agree with you. All right. I'm really hoping this is the one stage I was hoping that somebody would come back to me. I have one pick. I didn't think I would feel that way uh, in a draft of this style, but I I really freaking do. And he did make it back to me. So I'm very sorry to do that to you personally. That was a snipe. As much no, as that was nice. That that is a good pick. I like that. I appreciate not someone you I that. would have thought of. To be honest, wasn't on my radar at all. Yep. And and again, in this uh, with this crazy ADP happening, which we're going to have to talk about once this thing wraps up. Um, you know, I think the comparisons are very interesting because again, we're nine weeks in. This is what everybody thought coming into the season. This is the ADP as it was coming into the season. So much has changed since then. Mm-hmm. It's, it's honestly quite uh, quite ridiculous here. Um, I have to get get my poop in a group, make sure I'm ready to draft my uh, my tight end for the rest of this season. And once again, I I feel confident in all of these stragglers hanging out in the shadows too. <laughs> Uh, clearly, we're not Damn. of interest to people when the, the season started. 
Jake, I think you may have won this draft. I feel I feel pretty good about it as of now. I'll feel really good if one other person happens to fall one pick. No! <laughs> what a snipe. All right, kudos to you, Ryder. That's the guy that uh, oh, would have made this thing a, a slam freaking dunk. But as it is, boy, this is... Oh, this sucks. <laughs> this sucks. All right, I'll do this because it's good timing and it gives us a news bite to talk about because uh, Kyler Murray is finally active and back and supposedly, supposedly, <laughs> supposedly oh, starting in week 10. So we'll get to, uh, some traction to talk about Kyler Murray at least. All right, this thing has wrapped up. Before we jump into the recap here, Dustin, if you don't mind, we do mm -hmm. have a couple of questions in the chat that I did want to make sure got answered. Yeah, Let's absolutely. Start with George Cook here. Uh, George, just over half of his roster because he's five and four. Can we break down his trades and let him know how we did? Let's run through these real sure. quick here. There's a couple that he popped in. It's like a drunk trade part due that we get to talk about. So George's first trade was Jonathan Taylor, Devontae Adams, and Isaiah Pacheco, trading them away to get ETN, Brandon Ayuk, and Javante Williams. At first blush, what are we thinking here? I have a side picked out. Um, if you're going for a rebuild, I, I like the ETN, Ayuk, Javante side. Um, typically, for me personally, I don't like to do like a one-for-one -one trade where this is two running backs and a wide receiver on both sides. Um, but I, I do like that side. Uh, Pacheco, he's been surprisingly well, which is you know why I drafted him in at the end of uh, our little mock draft here. Um, he's done better than expected. There, I should say, better than I expected. Uh, but you know, you're you're getting youth on your side. You know, you're getting rid of Devonte Adams, who one isn't really performing this year all that great. Uh, but he is getting a little long in the tooth as far as NFL years go. Uh, JT is just signed to a second contract, so we don't know how long he's going to be performing at elite levels there. Um, where you get ETN, um, who is just a tick down from JT in my book. And then Ayuk is young, uh, love him. And then Javante, I expect him to rebound next year really well this year. Uh, he'll get more and more usage, but I mean, if you're in a rebuild, you're not looking for the points this year anyway. So yeah, give me, give me the younger side. Now I appreciate your context. I appreciate the dynasty aspect of that. I had to clarify because that's where my mind went first as well. George actually specified it's a redraft, uh, league 12 team half PPR, which I'm sure changes oh. some things around here. Now all good Slightly. points. And we did talk about the, the currency of this. Where we disagree on this trade is probably going to be Javante Williams regardless. I right. believe Javante Williams has a stellar second half to this season. In fact, I thought about drafting him here in our redraft section. I think he's been trending that way. The injury at the start of the season, although he was playing and playing through it, arguably well considering, I don't think we got to see him kind of unleashed. And I, I do expect that they should lean into that. And you know I love ETN. So really, those mm -hmm. two alone made this pretty close. But it's Ayuk over Devontae Adams for the rest of the season for me. So I do appreciate the other side. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't doesn't change anything uh, in my book as far as being, you know, knowing that now this is redraft. Um, yeah, that does, doesn't change my side at all. Um, just maybe the reasoning behind it slightly. Fair enough. Well, let's get to the second one here quick. Second trade was Tua and Waddle, the stack there, for Josh Allen and Hollywood Brown. I have Stefan Diggs and wanted that stack. So you trade away a stack on its own. This is a one quarterback redraft here. Mm -hmm. So you don't need two quarterbacks anyways. So you're trading a stack for a stack. My question to you is which of those stacks would you prefer? Uh, Give me the Josh Allen side on this one. Um, He is the better quarterback than Tua. Um, He's um, and Waddle just hasn't been producing for whatever reason this year, like he has been previously. Uh, seems like everything's going through Tyreek. Um, not that Hollywood's a bad piece. I mean, that's at, you know, obviously I would say a little bit of a step down from Waddle as far as like potential upside goes, but, um, give me the more elite quarterback. Uh, and then if you're able to get the stack on top of it, that's just icing on the cake. Yeah, I agree with you in parts. I definitely want Josh Allen above Tua. Although, respect to Tua, still a very, very good, high-quality fantasy starter this year. But yes, I do want Josh Allen because he has to do it all himself or funnel it through Stephon Diggs. So you're getting Mm -hmm. the two pieces in that offense right now. I disagree on Waddle. I think Waddle is also going to have a really good second half of the season because I also think his injury earlier on kind of... it, It just shoehorned him into this, you know, ancillary role. Right. But we saw last year when he is healthy that he can Mm -hmm. be that guy. And before he got injured again midway through this last game, he was starting to look pretty good. So uh, I do like Waddle over Hollywood by quite a bit. But again, Kyler's coming back. So Hollywood's value should increase as well. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. One more here. George, George, overall, good job on those trades. Fully agreed. Fully agreed for George. All right. <laughs> Excuse me. The wine is getting to me there. Uh, Parker Bledsoe wants to know, would we do this trade? They get Devontae Adams. He has to trade away T. Higgins. I don't like that. I don't like it either. I'm sorry. As much as I love Devontae, I, I truly do. I love him. Uh, he's one of my favorite players. I just, at this point of the season... We just don't know what's happening with that team. I, we, I mean, I know you and I fully expected this last week with the change in coaching. Um, Devontae being like visibly frustrated the week before on the sidelines. We're like, all right, they're gonna, they're gonna funnel the ball to Devante. Uh, Aiden O'Connell in this start earlier this year, like really featured or, or you know, targeted Devante. So I think we both expected like, yes, this is going to be the week that he's going to blow up and come back to fantasy relevance. And absolutely nothing happened again. So um, I just have zero confidence in in Devante and that team right now. Um, so yeah, I, I can't I can't get on board with the Devante side, even though T Higgins has been slightly disappointing this year as well. Um, that's still a very good offense, and um, he should be he should be in a better spot than Devante moving forward. Yeah, this five weeks in a row now of single-digit fantasy performances for Devontae Adams. Like you said, if the shakeup didn't do it, that coaching shakeup, everybody else seemed to thrive this past mm-hmm. week. Devontae Adams was still an afterthought. And T. Higgins, you know, 
again, injury earlier in the season. That's hard. He seems to be healthy now. And Jamar Chase just had a back injury this past week, which I don't think it's going to keep him out, but maybe that makes more targets funneled towards T. Higgins for the next couple of weeks at a minimum. Regardless of all that, I want T. Higgins. Uh, Last one here in the chat coming from Cohen. This trade of Cooper Cup for DJ Moore and Bijan Robinson. It's a pretty interesting one. So their uh, current team is Jalen Hurts, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, A.J. Brown, Cooper Cup. It felt a little bit like bragging up until this point, I have to say. <laughs> Cooper Cup, Jalen Waddle, Ramondre Stevenson, and Sam Laporta. So that's the team. And now we're talking about trading away Cup to get DJ Moore and Bijan Robinson. What do you think of that? I would stick pat with what you have. Um, you've got JT, whose usage should increase as the season moves on. Uh, Brees, he's been coming alive the last few weeks. Stevenson's been coming alive here the sec, you know, the last few weeks of the season. Um, AJ Brown, stud. Uh, Cooper Cup, yeah, he's, there's a little concern there with Stafford's injury and, and having the backup quarterback there, but I still want Cup. You know, you're high on Waddle here coming out the second half of the season and Laporta is just a stud. So I don't see how making that trade really improves your team. Uh, it seems like it's more of a depth move that you're getting two pieces back instead of just staying with the one. So I, I would say stick with what you have, Cohen. This is where we firmly disagree. We've been in agreement up until this point. I firmly disagree with you here because I well, do you're, not you're want Ramondre to have a wrong opinion. <laughs> I don't want Ramondre Stevenson even as my RB3. If you can get Bijan Robinson as your RB3, I'm sold. I don't want him as my RB1 because it's hard to trust Arthur Smith. That I still concede. But the you would rather there, have yeah. You'd rather have DJ Moore as your wide receiver 3 yes. than Waddle with Justin Fields coming back cuz Justin Fields is going to be back here hopefully this week, maybe next week at the very latest. I think that there's not as big of a gap between Cooper Cup with Carson Wentz, who we, we didn't really talk about a ton, but Carson Wentz just signed with the Rams, so it's not Brett Rippon anymore, at least. Thank God. But Matt Stafford is probably then going to be out for a few weeks. I'd rather have DJ Moore with Justin Fields and Bijan's upside than just Cooper Cup with Carson Wentz, is, is my view of it. But okay. we're entitled to be wrong. That's right. Well, Cohen, make of that of what you will. You've heard two compelling cases for both sides of that trade. So um, follow your heart with with whoever you think uh, gave better advice there. And then hit us back in the chat and let us know what happened. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Come back next week. Let us know if this went down. Follow your bliss, sir. All right. But let's talk about let's talk about what we actually did here today for our Midseason redraft. So you drafting out of the five spot, your first impressions mm-hmm. of your team. Do you have any immediate regrets about this team? Let's get that off the table first. I do. There, I had I had a few or at least a couple regrets. Um, <laughs> I really, I wish I wouldn't have gone Garrett Wilson there in the second. Um, not that I hate that pick, but I really. Um, I'm really sad I let Brees Hall slip so far. I would have taken him in the second easily uh, ahead of Derrick Henry uh, and then paired him up with Gibbs and then taken a, uh, another wide receiver in the fourth round there. 
Um, I do like the stack that I got with Tyreek and, and Tua. Uh, Jordan Addison there in the what was that sixth round. Um, I love that. He's just been a stud here the last few weeks. Um, as I said, Pacheco, he, he's been stronger than expected. So to have him as my third running back or as one of the flex positions, I don't mind. And then for the tight end at that point, you know, just kind of punting it, but knew I had to, to draft the position. Um, I really liked your Laporta pick. I think had everyone been a little bit more savvy like you, Jake, uh, he would have went um, in the first few rounds as opposed to at the end there. Um, so I just took the guy that's been seeing more and more usage, uh, kind of going with the hot hand here uh, over the last few weeks of Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson, um, how do you feel I've been about I've been first with Jake Ferguson. I've been screaming to just pick that guy up off of waivers for the last three weeks. I, he is, I think he's a firm top eight tight end for the rest of this season at worst. So I think you could have done a lot worse than Jake Ferguson as your last round tight end. Mm-hmm. So I want to give kudos right. there for sure. Uh, yeah, look, I, I had an immediate regret with not taking AJ Brown instead of <laughs> Stefan Diggs at the nine spot. Again, that ADP just playing tricks uh, with us here, and I did overlook him for sure. But after that, you know, that was my solidification moment. That was my get into game mode, a slap in the face that I needed. I do feel very comfortable with this running back core. Now, Travis mm-hmm. and we were both pretty high on coming into the season, but I don't think either of us expected him to be like this because I think right. we expected Tank Bigsby to play a a slightly larger role than what he is now. But mm-hmm. he's, I believe, the RB8 right now in full PPR, and it's not waves. You're not right. In any waves, it's just consistent every damn game with DTN. so I love that anchor approach. And then pairing mm-hmm. him with Jonathan Taylor, who, you know, at the start of the year, of course, you don't want to draft nearly this early because you've got so many missed games. Now with him fully back, fully integrated into the offense. And every week yep. he's taking those incremental steps over Zach Moss uh, again to, to fade him just a little bit. That's nice. And then, of course, your drinking buddy, Devin Chan. I know if you probably saw him uh, sitting there a little bit earlier, you might have you might have leapt at the opportunity because he will be back after the Week 10 bye for the Dolphins. Yep. Uh, and right Can't back into the, the mode. But you know what I was looking at? It's very curious, and I think we're all just in that same mindset of ADP. I didn't see Raheem Mostert get drafted here. I'm, I'm guessing that's the other kind of big oversight that we all had, unless I'm missing mm-hmm. him. But I didn't see him. That said, I would still rather have A-Chan the rest of the season than Mostert. What do you think about yeah. that? Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I, I would rather have A-Chan as well. Uh, the one player I thought about taking, um, just because I do love him, uh, it's in, that would have taken him over Pacheco in the seventh round. Uh, and it was Deontay Johnson. Um, I really thought about taking him, uh, before Jordan Addison, but ultimately, um, you know, with JJ still being out there in Minnesota, that, um, Addison, um, he's kind of come into his own here, uh, and will still be featured once JJ comes back. But, um, getting Deontay Johnson that, that late in the end of the seventh round, I thought was a great pick. Yeah, I, I like the Deontay pick for sure. It's nice to have him back as a reliable receiver. You know, the one thing in my my post-draft analysis here, 
I probably could have done better with wide receivers. Puka in the fourth did not feel at the time to be a jump or a reach. It actually felt like right. the opposite. It's like, oh, I got to search for this guy. I got to make sure I don't forget about him. Um, you know, there are question marks, as we discussed earlier. Same with Cooper Cup. There's those same questions with Puka Nakua. His quarterback situation with Carlins. There's a lot we don't know. We know the talent's there, but I don't know that I can bank on him for the rest of the season. You're probably going to have to wait and see for a couple of weeks. So that's a regret. Adam Thielen now the round after I felt good about. Just hoping I didn't mm-hmm. catch, you know, I- I'm not catching the dire second half after he put up all of his fantasy points in the first half. You know, getting up there long in the tooth now, who knows? Um, but I, I did like him. And like you said, Sam Laporta felt like a smash to me. Kyler Murray was my de facto quarterback because CJ Stroud went a pick before me. Uh, <laughs> what a, what a solidification Much that would have been. Oh my goodness. That would have, my pants would have been clean off had I gotten CJ Stroud <laughs> on this team. But, you know, Kyler Murray coming off of, uh, IR now, he traded away. Josh Dobbs, as we saw, lit it up for the Vikings in this first week, Mm -hmm. half week with them. So it is Kyler Murray. There's no other options. Clayton Toon is obviously not a a thing. So I think Kyler Murray is the top seven quarterback the rest of the season. I think that's where we would have drafted him had he been healthy. And that's what I expect now. Do you think that there's a chance he is a bummer or are you all in on him? Uh, there's always that chance. I mean, he hasn't played football for, you know, almost a year now, basically. Um, and it's always tricky coming back from those, those injuries, you know, how confident they are with it. Uh, just feeling healthy. Yeah. You know, they're, they're cleared, medically cleared. They're ready to go, but do, do they, you know, mentally are, are they like really back and healthy with it? So, um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure there's going to be rust the first couple weeks for sure. Um, but I have a feeling by the end of the season, um, by far, we'll we'll see the Kyler that we're we're used to seeing. Yeah, I sure hope so. Because I had I had picked him up in our uh, home league a couple of weeks ago. I went early on it, just making sure that I didn't have to fight all of you heathens to to get him on my squad <laughs> at some point. So not inserting him into my lineups just yet. But I'm excited for him. I wanted to talk about some of these. Uh, these ones that maybe jump out, some of these players that are very interesting at this stage in the game. I think Justin Jefferson has to be one of the first ones we talk about. You know, he won Mm -hmm. at three spot. It was an auto-drafted team. But if he comes back and if Josh Dobbs plays at a high level the rest of the way, do we think Justin Jefferson is still, I'm not going to say number one overall, because I don't think if that was a real team, he would have went for the first wide receiver, but does he belong in the conversation still with Hill and with Chase and with AJ Brown? I say so. I mean, you know, with Dobbs, is he going to be able to support both Jefferson and Addison? Maybe not in the same week, but I mean, Justin Jefferson, just with his talent alone. I mean, he's, he's got that upside to be able to win you weeks. He can take, any ball to the house at any given time. Um, so just given, given that kind of weak winning upside, I think he still deserves to be up there. Are there going to be more down weeks or less explosive weeks? I guess you could say. Yeah. Because like I said, Dobbs isn't going to be able to, I don't think he's going to be able to support both wide receivers. 
uh, for the rest of the season here at a high level. I mean, there's definitely a drop off there from Cousins to Dobbs. I don't think anyone's going to uh, question that. For sure. And he's got to support TJ Hawkinson, too. That's a a third very important mouth to be considered. So, yes, you know, if this was, again, a real team drafting that instead of auto draft, I think Jefferson would have been maybe number four. Uh, in terms of wide receivers chosen, maybe number three, you could argue he'd be as high as that. Uh, but that definitely jumped out to me. And again, we talked about Bijan earlier in the episode, so we don't have to harp on it. But he's far from being the third overall running back at this stage mm-hmm. with Arthur Smith at the helm. But Saquon Barkley also stood out to me just going through this first round. So all of the injuries now, Daniel Jones is out for the season. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is currently banged up. I don't know when he's coming back, if he's coming back. We got Tommy DeVito in at cornerback for the Giants. Does Saquon deserve, this might be a hot take, does he deserve to be in the top 12 running backs rest of the season? I think so, only because when you look at the landscape of running backs, like Mm -hmm. there's so many, like, you know, Chubb went with Team 11. Again, auto-draft. He probably won't go there knowing, you know, given the injury, you know, Derrick Henry's not been great. Josh Jacobs been kind of up and down. Tony Pollard's been disappointing. I mean, just given the landscape of running backs this season, I don't see why you couldn't put him in the top 12 at a minimum. Yeah, I agree. And talking about running backs, you know, that are out of it now. I see a bunch of injured guys who aren't playing at all this season. So obviously Nick Chubb, Cam Akers just ruled out for the rest of the season. Seemed like he was maybe starting to get a role uh, taken yep. over there. Maybe he was going to leapfrog Alexander Madison. No more. Uh, J.K. Dobbins obviously out. David Montgomery sitting here in round seven, I believe it was. Uh, we had uh, Radiris. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your name, but Radiris Chambers was uh, drafting. That's the the folk who's who sniped me, by the way, on CJ. <laughs> but they also made an excellent selection of David Montgomery in the seventh. So, you know, Montgomery's been out for a couple of weeks. He's he's had the injury. Mm-hmm. Jameer Gibbs has really shined in those games that he's been out. So. Cards on the table when they're both back and healthy. Is David Montgomery still the the guy? I don't know that he's the guy. Um, I think Gibbs has shown off enough now that it's going to be hard to move away from him. He's going to lose some volume, of course, because Montgomery was just doing that well. But I don't think it's going to be as severe a split as what we saw at the start of the season. Yeah, I think if I can usher in this this warning or caution thing that I've been saying since probably week one of preseason, don't draft Jameer Gibbs if you expect him to be amazing in weeks one through three. Like that was never that's why I was off of him a little bit was I don't want to wait that long for him to finally get used the way that he should be used because we know Dan Campbell. But, yeah, Dan Campbell, you can't look at what he did on the field and then just go, ah, I'm putting you right back to, you know, deregulation where you were at the start of the season. He has to incorporate him more. I would yep. I would find it very hard to rank the two of them the rest of the season. I think they're very close now. Yeah, I, I it'll be close, but um, just give me Gibbs just based off of the receiving upside of it. Um 
that 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 was what kind of pulled me in that direction when I drafted him. So, um, Jake, how about this? One last final thoughts here. Uh, if you had to pick one team here um, for this draft, including your own, uh, who would you say had the best draft? Uh, I'm not going to pick my own. I'm not going to be that guy. There's a couple that really jump off. I will say none of them are auto-drafted teams. All the auto-drafted mm-hmm. teams did terribly. You should feel ashamed of yourself, AI. And they say AI can take over the world. I don't believe it. Uh, I will say I give the the props here to Radiris Chambers, the, the person who was drafting right before and after me. I think from an entire team, top to bottom, that's the one that I would want outside of my own. We've got C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, and Keenan Allen as a three-piece wide receiver set. That's going to win you a lot of weeks. Then you've got Kenneth Walker. That's maybe a question mark, depending on how you feel about Pete Carroll and the insurgence of uh, Zach Charbonnet, but I still like it. Alexander Madison, again, had the competition cut out from underneath of him with Cam Akers getting injured. And then David Montgomery is the third running back there. So that's a very solid core of running backs. And now you've got this other rookie sensation finally catching on in Dalton Kincaid at tight end. It took a while. You know, you'd be bummed if you had drafted him this early at the start of the season. But at this point, you're happy as hell to ride that wave with Dawson Knox sidelined. And then, as I said, C.J. Stroud, that's the quarterback I wanted. So top to bottom, a great team. How about you? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was definitely going to be my number one. The other one that I want to give props to here, uh, drafting out of the 12 spot, uh, Jack Buddier. Um, as I called out, you know, early in the draft, going with the Andrews Jackson stack. Um, I really like that. Uh, getting Brees Hall there at the end of the third. Um, one of my, my regrets of this draft, letting him go, uh, pairing up with Aaron Jones, who, Based off this last week, got lots of volume, so uh, hopefully that's a sign for good things to come and the injuries behind them. And then followed it up with four, you know, okay, I'll give them three with Pittman, Kirk, and Johnson, uh, three solid wide receivers. Dodson is the only kind of questionable pick for me of that group, uh, but overall a very solid squad. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, Hopefully Dotson's last couple of weeks are more indicative of what happens the rest of this season. And the early parts of the season are just a distant afterthought. Eventually. That's right. That's right. Well, that was fun. That was a nice little exercise there to see how things would change just based on where we are now. Um, a few surprises. Uh, I think it would have been a would have been a little bit more helpful or accurate, you know, had we not had the computer drafting you know, roughly half the spots, um, just taking those injuries into account and, you know, maybe some some more savvy people like you uh, snagging some of those rookies uh, a little bit earlier instead of letting them uh, slip down the draft boards a little bit. But overall, I think that was interesting. I think it's a good way to look at it. Uh, it can give you a really good way to kind of reconsider the second half of the season here. And if you need to make some moves, what kind of moves should you make? Uh, what kind of players should you be maybe focusing on that maybe are still a little under the radar uh, that you're higher on than than consensus, maybe? Agreed. Fully agreed. All right. So should we move on to the starts of the week? 
You betcha. Let's do it. All right. So last week starts just as a recap. Uh, Jake, you had Daryl Henderson going against our beloved Packers. Uh, only five and a half points. Uh, the Packers defense was surprisingly stout for a change. Um, I had Brees Hall going against the Chargers. Slightly better. Got you double digits with 10 points. So um, I, I won't take that as a win. Um, it wasn't a loss, but uh, definitely didn't help you win the week last week. Uh, hopefully we can do better this week. So, Jake. Who I can tell you for sure that didn't help me win the week. Uh, the week because I had him on my team that I was playing against you in. Uh, but this week I am going to try to rise ourselves out of these ashes. I'm talking in consistency with this gentleman coming back off of the injured list. I don't just want Kyler Murray for the long term. I want his number one wide receiver in the short term. I want Marquise Hollywood Brown Going against the Atlanta Falcons this week, do I expect fireworks from Kyler Murray? No, but I expect substantially better than what Marquise Brown has gotten up to this point. And that's no disrespect to Joshua Dobbs. That really isn't. I, I appreciate everything that Dobbs did for Marquise Brown, but there is nothing like that connection that uh, him and Kyler have. So going against the Falcons, pretty fine matchup. I'm not going to say it's the best matchup in the world. It's also far from the worst. Uh, I would expect us to get closer to his wide receiver two, you know, mid to high end uh, rankings that he had earlier in the season. And so I'm looking forward to a potential top 15 finish. Nice. I like that. Um, I've got Aaron Jones here as my start of the week going against Pittsburgh. I know what you're thinking. Ooh, Pittsburgh, they're Traditionally a tough defense. Um, they are right now um, not very good against running backs. Um, they're actually worse than the Packers, if you can believe it or not. They are uh, tied for 23rd um, um, against running backs. So um, based on that and what we saw this last week with Aaron Jones in uh, usage and volume just skyrocketed, I think he's fully back healthy from this injury. Um, so it's kind of wheels up for Aaron Jones at this point. And I think, um, we saw the formula that the Packers want to use this week where they can rely on their run game a little bit more, not having to put it all on Jordan Love's shoulders. So I do think Aaron Jones is, is going to be, you know, for the second half of the season, I think he's going to be gold, uh, and really relied upon in this offense. So, um, against a really great matchup here with Pittsburgh, I don't think you can do much worse. Heck yeah, 25 touches after Matt LaFleur came out and said, we're going to cut him loose. And everybody said, really, though? Yeah, really? Uh, we've heard that before. Yeah, really. (laughs) (laughs) You love that. Yep. All right, Jake, last little segment here. Uh, It's your turn here for the weekly shot bet. Before we hop into that, I don't want to leave our our chat person waiting. I want to get to Benguin O2's uh, question here in the chat before we hop to that. They are three and six. All right, so it's getting to be dire. We need a win-out series probably in this or or very close to it to secure them a place in the playoffs. Start and sit. Two wide receivers, two running backs, and a flex. We're doing the whole lineup here, buddy. All right, let's do this. Between Tony Pollard, Jonathan Taylor, your aforementioned Aaron Jones, who let's just call him a lock in this lineup right now, (laughs) Josh Jacobs, 
That's your four running backs. Now we've got T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, dealing with a back injury, Chris Olave, and Chris Godwin for your four wide receivers. Now you could also make the decision between Kincaid or Evan Ingram at tight end for this week. So there's a lot to go over here. Again, two wide receivers, two running backs, a flex, and this tight end call here. Does anything jump out to you, let's say outside of Aaron Jones, who again, lock for your lineup? Yeah, I would say for the running backs, take JT and Aaron Jones for sure. Um, probably put Jacobs in your flex. And then um, just, I would really check the injury reports on Chase, um, as you called out earlier, Jake, with his back injury. Um, if he seems like he's trending in the right direction and the reports are good, I would definitely start Chase over T. Um, and then for a second wide receiver, um, I got to see who Tampa Bay, they're playing the Titans. Um, I would probably go with Olave at that point over Godwin and then um, give me Ingram at tight end. Um, while I like what Kincaid's been doing, um, I, I really like Ingram in this spot. It's tough. That's the, the hardest. No, I take that back. No, I take that back. Uh, they're playing the Niners. Um, I thought I was thinking they had a different matchup when I just looked at the schedule. They're playing the Niners this week. Uh, their defense is, is really, really, uh, as people say, good. Um, so uh, give me Kincaid. I, I do a 180 on that one. See, that's still a difficult thing for me because, yes, San Francisco, very good in general, but the way that you almost have to beat them is with your tight end. So I'm projecting a downgrade for like Calvin Ridley, maybe even for Christian Kirk this week. It's tough for me, but I would still lean with Dalton Kincaid because outside of Stefan Diggs, he's the only name in town, it feels like. It's the only guy mm-hmm. that Josh Allen trusts at this point outside of Diggs. So I would still lean with Kincaid. I agree, obviously, Aaron Jones. I agree with you with Jonathan Taylor. That's set in stone. I am okay if you get the notification or if you follow the uh, the pregame warm-ups that Jamar Chase is good, he's active, or watch on Friday. Friday is probably going to be your biggest injury report day that you need to look at. But if we get anything outside of negative reports for Chase, I want him and T. Higgins in my lineup. I will deal with the flex then of between Josh Jacobs or Chris Olave. For me, I would lean with the consistency of Jacobs because of the whole upheaval situation mm-hmm. and they're just going to run him probably into the ground. But that's my coin flip there. But uh, we mostly agree on that one. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay. Now, with that said, let's get on to the dirty business that we have. I don't have to make this decision. You have to make this decision. Let us look towards the afternoon game for this matchup. I want to look at something nice. I'm tired of being the guy who puts us in the muck every week. We're going to do something nice. We're looking at the Detroit Lions versus the Chargers, and we're going mano y mano, Amon Ross St. Brown versus Keenan Allen. Top of the top receivers, creme de la creme. Who do you want out of that matchup? I've got to go with Keenan Allen. Give me team old guy here. Um, He's been just excellent this entire season. It's it's like a revelation with, you know, it's like time has turned back with him this year. Um, 
yeah, I just love me some Keenan. Give me, give me the veteran here. Um, not that I don't think Amon Ra's going to have a bad game by any means, but um, yeah, got to follow my heart on this one. I think your heart could very well be right. If you saw him uh, not get shut down by this vaunted Jets defense that everybody was, you know, saying, oh, don't start Keenan Allen. He's going to get you three points. We have too good of a defense. Well, that MFR looked spectacular last night. So I uh, hate to say it. I was hoping that you would take Amon Ross St. Brown. But this is a close enough one where I actually mm-hmm. feel like it's it's a coin flip. So yep. uh, we'll we'll have to revisit it. And we will. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Jake. Um, any final thoughts here before we sign off for the evening? Last thought is this is maybe the worst bye week that we have during the fantasy mm-hmm. season, maybe not in terms of quantity, but in terms of quality, because we have the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Dolphins, and the Rams all on by for this week. So yes. you're going to have to get oh. creative with your choices. A lot of you are. And this is the thing of uh, of balance in your starting lineup becomes so crucial because you maybe don't have studs, so you have to do that balance of who's a gimme for some decent production Versus who has some upside that I can try to to wedge in here. So just be mindful of that. And uh, we're here. Ask either of us as many questions as you have leading up. To That's season. right. That's right. We're here. You can find my partner, Jake, at Jake Trowbridge. Uh, you can find our um, podcast at Drinking Fantasy. You can find me at FF Dusty Dog. As Jake said, we are here to answer all your start set. Any any questions that you may have here for the rest of the fantasy season, um, as always, go out, give us uh, a rate and review, especially with Apple Podcasts. That seems to be the the big driver for for podcasts here. Give us five stars. Give us a review. Uh, tell us how much you love us. Um, only give us positive comments because you know we don't want any negativity on our in our lives. Send your negative comments directly to my DMs on on Twitter. That's how you can, you we welcome them, but just send them only there. Do the positive stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and if you haven't already, you know, subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel. It lets you guys know when we uh, go live here each and every week. Uh, you can join us in the chat, as uh, so many people did this week. Uh, we will answer your start-sit questions or your trade questions here live. You'll get answers right away. No waiting for responses uh, via DMs. So uh, it's a great way to uh, get your answers right away. And uh, we enjoy all the interactions in the chat. So thank you to everyone that was out there today. Uh, thanks to everyone that joined us in the mock draft uh, this evening. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Here's that, Peppers. Thank you.